Hi, I'm Matt Turner. I'm Aiden Hall. And this is Eamon Anderson. And you are listening to Bite. Hello, everyone, as always. Well, welcome to Input 2, Byte's premier television and film podcast, where we discuss the biggest events in television and film for the past week. I am your host, Aiden Hall, for this week, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Mr. Jake Doolin. Hey. So, we had a lot of big news in TV, uh, several Mm -hmm. premieres, and probably most notably, the Emmys were last Sunday. Yes, they were. And you uh, watched it with our uh, editor-in-chief. What did you think of the Emmys? I thought it was the most entertaining I've watched in a while. It was probably the most unpredictable, which I enjoy. I always like it when award shows aren't... I I, I mean, I, I might be one of the few people who generally looks forward to award shows. I know it's the bane of a lot of people's existence and truly it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes but i like it sometimes when it when it when it's giving the awards to the right people and this year it felt like the right people won the awards oh we got a ton of like really impressive. and andy sandberg did a great job of hosting it was weird as all get out is probably the weirdest award show i've seen in a while but i liked it because it was so weird i mean when you have andy sandberg stabbing jerry from parks and recreation with an emmy Oh, and the warning comes up that Emmys can kill. <laughs> you know, it, it has no kind, con- no connection to really anything going on, but it's just like so. It felt like a really long Lonely Island sketch, and I enjoyed it for what it was. It, you know, it wasn't t- trying to be- take itself too seriously, or you know, there was a. And I didn't even hate this song at the start. I was like, "They're going to start this thing out with a song and dance, and I'm going to hate it." Well, and they then, always do that, don't they? They usually do, but they've kind of died down on it doing... Like, Billy Crystal used to do it a lot. Yeah, that was the, the last thing. Yeah, the last few years they haven't really done it, thankfully. But Andy Samberg actually had a good song. Well, that's and good. It, I actually watched it again, and it was halfway decent. But um, outstanding drama. Like, a lot of awards went to Game of Thrones. That yeah. was the big upset there, because they also won Best Supporting Actor for Peter Dinklage. Tons of, like, graphic stuff and mm-hmm. uh, audio. They won, I believe, the most awards of the night. They did. And they broke a record in terms of how many awards they won. They did. Granted, I feel like it's weird that they awarded this season in particular. It wasn't the that most. good of a season. It really wasn't, and it felt like this season was the season that a lot of people fell out of love with Game of Thrones. But I don't know. Maybe it was just like a... I'm looking at the, the drama series, and it looks pretty stacked to me. You got Homeland, you have Downton Abbey, you have Better Call Saul... House of Cards, Mad Men, Orange is the New Black. I was reading up on something that the reason that it's so hard to predict these things now is because every one of those shows is incredibly niche. That's like true. Uh, back when, um, and I'm jumping to comedy, back when Modern Family was like a powerhouse, everybody liked Modern Family, and Modern Family won every award because it was the most like general show in the world. Everybody could enjoy Modern Family. But now like it's harder and harder to find like a show that everybody likes. You know... The same people who like Downton Abbey are not the same people who like Orange is the New Black. Or Better Call Saul. Or Better Call Saul. And, you know, all of those shows really had decent seasons. I mean, they I don't, did. I didn't really watch Homeland. I'm not a big House of Cards fan. But, I mean, like, I... Actually, House of Cards was really awful this last season. I, I mean, I think it's only nominated because it's, you know, Netflix. Yeah. And Netflix really didn't do that well this year. Either none... And the only award that Orange is the New Black won was for uh, Adubu. Yep. For supporting actress, which I was surprised, but... I thought that was its best season. I would have rather seen Better Call Saul win, 
just because I, I like that I would season. have liked to have seen Mad Men win just because it was the final season. They never award the final. Th- I mean, Mad Men got the shaft for years. Ma- uh, John Hamm only won an acting award this year yeah. after seven great years. Probably an even better job than um, Heisenberg, I think. Oh, Brian Cranston. Yeah, I feel like Brian Cranston. That performance was great, but Donald. I mean, John Hamm was doing something different with. Uh, it Donald should Draper. be noted that John Hamm did walk away with the outstanding lead actor, um, which is arguably one of the best personal awards that you can yeah, get. Yeah, but he only won it for the last season. Yeah, like every other season, it was it was Walter White, Walter White, Walter White, and I mean like, I'm I, I that's one thing that I always narc on the image for. There's usually no change. They'll find one show and award it to death. Yeah, Modern Family, key example, and then another show like Parks and Recreation will never win anything. And I mean like. I'm not the biggest Parks and Recreation fan, but I feel like there, it, it should have won at least one. It should have won so one award. Amy Poehler has never won an award for acting, and she's exceptional in that show. It's it's odd that you know the focus is so on Modern Family. Yeah, I'm looking at the comedy. Louis, there's no way Louis would ever win comedy. That's too weird. Like it's, again, it's niche. Yeah, it's niche and it's too weird. It's like even if you watch that show, it doesn't scream comedy. It yeah, screams like art house laugh. movie. Um. Modern Family didn't win anything, thankfully. I'm glad that everyone... Parks and Rec didn't win for its final season. Uh, Silicon Valley, I feel like that's incredibly niche. Probably wouldn't win. I'm surprised that Transparent is in the comedy section. It's more of a drama. It is more of a drama. I think it's in that weird place that Orange and New Black was, because this was the year that Orange and New Black got moved to drama, because that's where it should be. Transparent, I mean, it's funny, but it's not... Supposed to be just funny. It's not supposed to be just funny. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, good show. I, I... it's kind of like I wasn't a fan. It wasn't for me. It's like the most B show ever, like in terms of grade. Like eh, I laugh, it's okay, but I don't. I'm not gonna ever watch it again. But then Veep. the winner, Veep. I mean, I, I like Veep. I think this last season of Veep was really good. It was the last it's season won before, hasn't it? Yeah, it, I think it's gonna become the new Modern Family. I think it won um, last year too. Um, yeah, it don't did. quote me on that. It did because I did. remember she got the award and she put it in with uh, Brian Cranston and. Uh, that was an acting award though. Oh, that's right. That was yeah, for her. Julie Dreyfus always wins for acting, although this where she did not, no. I don't believe. Um, but uh, in terms of the acting awards, I'm happy John Hamm won, although that's a pretty stacked category for... I don't, I don't know why Ray Donovan ever gets nominated for anything. Lee Shriver's awful. Yeah. Lee Shriver... Wait. Is Lee Shriver the guy from American Dad where he's wearing the scarf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Shriver, you're wearing a scarf indoors. It's my indoor scarf. Yeah, he was like, also a saber tooth in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Why is he getting not Ray Donovan's an awful show to begin with, so I don't know why that's I don't it, like it. Like mm-hmm. I tried. Like I looked legitimately interesting and it just wasn't for me. Kyle Chandler, Bloodline, that show was I've only watched one episode of it and it bored me to tears. It does get better. Mm-hmm. It gets better. Is mm-hmm. he I mean he was the best part of it. I'm not surprised he got I mean he's acting. obviously the main focus of it. Yeah. Which is nice. Jeff Daniels in the new room, ha. Huh. I'm he not was, even going to go into that one. He was the best part of that <laughs> show, and that's not saying much. Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, he deserves I, it. Yeah, he'll I, get it eventually. I feel like he... Yeah, so many people want to like go from comedy to drama, and they struggle at it. I mean, I'm thinking of Vince Vaughn this year in but True Bob Detective. But Bob Odenkirk made a great transition. He, he did, works, he's, a, he's a great dramatic actor. I even, mean, Fargo, uh, Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad. Breaking he's Bad. He's great, and it's so underappreciated. I think... Maybe he's got to get removed from the, you know, man show stigma that he's just, like, a goofy guy. Even though, I mean, but like... But then Netflix is bringing back uh, Mr. TV. Yeah. I-, I think he'll eventually win it. Um, lead actress in a drama series, Claire Danes. I still like what she does on Homeland, even though I'm not 
a watcher of it anymore. Viola Davis won for How to Get Away with Murder, deservedly so. She gave a really good speech. Um, Traji B. Henson, Empire. I don't really, I'm not the biggest fan of Empire, but I think it's a, a cool show. She's a great actress. She is a great actress. I was the, One of the few redeeming qualities of Benjamin Button was her as the um, mom. Oh, yeah, she was yeah. in that. That was, one, yeah. that was her breakout role in that movie. Oh, my. Um, I think that was the only breakout of that movie. Yeah. Tier, Tatiana. Tatiana Mari, Orphan Black. I mean, that's one that she needs to win just because she how does, difficult yeah. is it to play six different people who are six all... Six main this, characters. Yeah, six main characters. Elizabeth Moss, Matman, I would have liked it if she won. Robin then, Wright doesn't deserve it at all no. for House of Cards. She used to be good in that. From what I've heard, but... She's phoning it in now. Yeah. I think most people are on that show. Uh, lead actor in a comedy series, Anthony Anderson. Good on him for getting nominated. Blackish is actually pretty... I don't... I like it. I think it's pretty funny. Do you like it more than Fresh Off the Boat? I like Fresh yeah. Off the Boat a little more. I like Blackish more than I like Fresh Off the Boat. I think it's because I like Lawrence Fishburne, and it's nice to see him in a comedy role, because he really thrives in it. I, I'm more of a Fresh Off the Boat person, but I, I, I respect Blackish for what it's what it's doing it's like a modern sort of cosby show where it's just it's not being tongue-in-cheek about it. it's being honest like this is how it feels okay louis ck i feel bad that he'll probably never win because he's it's just too weird yeah and it stinks that you know someone who tries weird things is even if they don't work all the time doesn't get rewarded for that don Cheadle, please stop nominating house of lies no one watches that it's show a, it's like the one showtime show that they're like it's like that and uh what's that like, ray donovan no there's another one it's the really dark uh like supernatural show that they've got. Oh, I don't even know what that's called. Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Why Don Cheadle? Come on, How's get it out of there! Isn't even that funny. It's not. Will Forte, Last Man on Earth. That's not even a comedy. I don't think. No. I really and I mean like I liked his performance in it, but it's and it doesn't feel like a comedy. Matt LeBlanc episodes. Please stop nominating that too. Who watches that no, show? Like the majority of these, like there's more from Showtime in. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series that anything Showtime else. has like some of the worst comedies. Because the understand. next one is William H Macy and Shameless. That's not even a comedy. Like that is a show about a man who has addiction problems. And the last season, um, a kid under the supervision of his mom tried cocaine and got taken away by the child protective services. Right. Like really, that's the comedy. Um, Je Jeffrey Tambor won for Transparent. I mean, yeah. I, I still don't think it's a comedy, but I'm happy that Jeffrey Tambor won. He deserves it. He he really does deserve it. Um, he's been in the you know industry for decades. He's one of the funniest men out there, and, and he's also one of the se most serious actors, as we saw in Transparent. Yeah, and he's he's a very respectful person. Uh, reading up on you know him and and what the other actors feel like, since he is a cis white man playing a, a, a transgender woman, there are trans and Transparent is probably the most like diverse in terms of gender cast on TV right now. Mm -hmm. And you, when you talk to people, there is like a, a great respect for the, the craft and the the thought he puts into that role. Because that, he doesn't just take it as a a paycheck. He no, legitimately he, cares about the And role. if you listen to his speech, he, he, he has something very important to say. And I think that that's something that should be awarded. Someone who takes a character and makes them say something. Oh, yeah. That's, that's really important. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Edie Falco, Nurse Jackie. Okay, Nurse Jackie's like the edgiest show sometimes, but yeah. she's good on it. Lisa Kudrow on the comeback. I don't even. <laughs> I haven't even heard of the comeback. The, the the comeback was a show that was on. It was one of the original HBO shows, like original HBO shows, and they brought it back last year for its second season after like thirteen years. Okay, <laughs> and I mean, if you want a dark comedy, 
it's it's pretty good. Lisa Kudrow is actually decent in it, but I mean, the fact that you'd have to like follow up on something thirteen years later, it's it's a little dated. Yeah. I think. I mean, like it was unique at the time when it came out because it was like the first faux reality show like following a celebrity on like before the surreal life and all this other stuff it was like falling around lisa, lisa kudrow but like kind of like curb your enthusiasm where it's like it's not really it's not really but it's kind of based around things that okay. she's done yeah um amy poehler didn't win for parks and rec she should have i think just because she's put so much work into that amy schumer inside amy schumer i don't know if it's much of a performance as much as a it's a variety show yeah, I mean, like, I would be more comfortable with, like, Amy Schumer getting nominated for, like, an actual show. Because, I don't know, perf- uh, it'd be like nominating Nathan Fielder for Nathan for You for Best Performance. Yeah. It's it's just, like, them as a human being. I don't get the performance Or uh, What's-His-Face in Review. Oh, Andy Daly, yeah. Yeah, Andy Daly. It, 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 yeah, it would just be, like, uh, you're kind of just yourself. But, yeah. I mean, like, I guess there's some some craft but to that too julia louis dreyfus did walk away with veep again she's the most awarded person in emmy history in terms of acting and i mean like she did deserves she win it for like seinfeld and all that too she's won for um the new adventures of old christine oh uh, wow i mean she's, she's a really good actress she's a really good actress she i i don't have a problem with a, a lot of what she's done i feel like she's a powerhouse now in terms of she'll she'll probably be the meryl streep for the next few years of where she's just gonna win no matter what yeah um Lily Tomlin and Grace and Frankie. I didn't like Grace and Frankie all that much. It wasn't. It was. It was definitely not marketed towards us. No, it, it <laughs> has a very specific demographic it's yeah. trying to appeal to. Um, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. Jonathan Banks. I feel like Jonathan Banks should have won just for the one episode where he's talking about his son. I think that's what he was nominated for. Oh, um, that was a good episode. I, that's probably the best episode of Better Call Saul. Uh, ben Mendelsohn from Bloodline. He was the brother, wasn't he? The one that's like, I got a past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you he won't be nominated next season. Oh. Well, now I know how Bloodlines ends. It doesn't end there. Oh, okay. Jim Carter, Downton Abbey. My parents watched that show. I'll have to ask them if it's I don't deserved. know anything about Downton Abbey. I know that, I mean, it's it, they get hype when it comes around, so maybe I'm just missing something. Yeah, I, I just... Michael Kelly, he's the... He's the bald guy. Yeah. Yeah. Shrug. Hey, Alan Cumming. wasn't good either. I like Alan Cumming. Like, Alan Cumming's a, he's a, a good great person. actor. He's a good person. Um, Peter Dinklage won for Game of Thrones. I mean, of course, he's probably the most consistent actor on there, so he deserves a, an award all of his own. Did you see the weirdest thing? Like TMZ started running with the Peter Dinklage spits gum into his wife's mouth before accepting. Yeah, award. he mentioned that during his speech that he was chewing gum before he got up there, and everyone was like, "Where did it go?" And like he kissed his wife before he got on stage, so the thought process was that he just like spat it into her mouth but i really don't think peter dinklage would be the type of person to do that no especially with so many cameras around like i have a hard time believing it's that peter just, dinklage would do was, that it was like the weirdest thing that they were focusing on true uh, <laughs> uh, i was saying supporting actress uh uzo duba won for um what was her character crazy eyes She's crazy a, eyes that's yeah right. Um, good on her for winning for this season. It yeah. was a really good year for her, especially when she had to compete against uh, Lena Headey and Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Who uh, Lena it, Emma, Emma Clark is definitely falling out of favor with people. I know yeah. that because her character is so poorly written on that show. It's so awful. It's all it's about so sad too. Because my really, dragons, yeah, my dragons. Where are my dragons? Granted, Lena Headey really blew it away with uh, Cersei this season. I feel like she got nominated for the one episode where she got had to get naked and walk through the um, 
Oh, the downtown yeah. streets with the uh, new people pope. screaming at her. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm always. I I think that's a good scene and it's powerful, but you can always tell like when someone's doing something to win awards. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is my acting moment, and I feel like that was her acting moment. I mean, not nothing against her. It was good. Um, outstanding supporting actress in a comedy, Niecy Nash. Niecy Nash should win. Everyone should watch Getting On. That's good one of the show. most under underappreciated shows on HBO. It's got one last season. Nietzsche Nash is great. Julia Bowen, Modern Family. Bleh. Allison Janney won for Mom, which... Mom is decent. I will fight for Mom's. I Every time I've seen it, it's a stupid Chuck Lorre show. Chuck Lorre is an awful writer, awful human being. But it does have those intense moments it. To has it has a good storyline about addiction and trying to move on from addiction where, like... I'm surprised that it, I think it's mainly from her. I guarantee you, Chuck Lorre ain't putting the emotion in his shows. No. He's just like Allison uh, Janney is probably the best actress on there. Mm-hmm. Granted, uh, what's her face is also really good. Um, she's Chris from, Pratt's wife. Uh, I forget her name. Yeah, right I now. forget her name too. She's in the House Bunny and stuff. Yep. But she's also the the relationship between those two is really really good and probably makes that show watchable for yep. most people. Um, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live. She's great. Mayim Bialik, Big Bang Theory. Blah. Sheldon's girlfriend. Garbage. Gabby Hoffman. She's okay. I mean... I like her quite a bit. She's probably my favorite actress from Transparent because she has the best arc, but I don't know if it's because of the writing or because of her character. I'll have to go back and watch. Jane Krakowski, Umbrego Kimmy Smith. She's just pretty much playing the same character she did in 30 Rock, so I'm not surprised she didn't win. There's not enough difference between the two. Anna Chomsky Veep. Uh, she puts in good work. Yeah. And then the last award was the supporting actor in a comedy, right? Yep. And Tony Hale won, which <laughs> if Tony Hale and Jeffrey Chambor winning, like all these Arrested Development people, these these wonderful Arrested Development kids are suddenly powerhouse actors out oh, in the yeah. world. And it's nice to see that. Well, Jeffrey Tambor had been doing mm-hmm. a lot before Arrested Development. I don't. I, he wasn't known. I no, don't believe he true. was he known. He wasn't famous before that with people mm-hmm. our age. Adam Driver should have won for although Girls isn't really a, a, a comedy. No, they need to they need to really figure out how to genre better. Because I mean, like when you only have two, though, it's hard to decide. And it sucks that animation gets shifted to the morning show on Saturday. Yep, just shove it out there. Animation. I mean, like Over the Garden Wall won Best Animation. Like, and it it was wh- really good. Why not hype that up on a national scale? Like, yeah. that's a great thing to hype up. You know, uh, Adventure Jake Time. Jake the Brick one. Mm-hmm. Jake the Brick one. Like, why push animation, like, on Saturday? Just and not even televise it. No. Nope. The only reason I heard about it was from creators on Twitter who were there. Yeah, and they were freaking out about like, it, showing it, the award and everything. There's no, like, coverage of it. So, I mean, like, why push it off to the, you know, the side? You know, if you have time to put in for the Oscars and everything uh, an animation or Academy Award... For animation, you should at least have time to show like a five-minute thing. I, they do it for reality. Reality has a 15-minute segment where they do all the reality shows on the Emmys. You tell me you can't do that with animation? I know animation's a wider category than reality. I mean, you have multiple forms of animation, multiple channels doing animation. You know, you have a set thing of reality shows. Yeah. But come on. I mean, it'd just be nice. And I guess, like, I mean, that opens up the whole topic of why have just you know, animation shifted off to the side all. I mean, like, when you brought up the whole, why does the Oscars, they have one award for animation. Yeah, best animated one film. O- one thing. I mean, we got to move past the point where we... Where it's, of, not, it's not for kids. It's, it's not just for kids. It's not just for kids, and it's not just, like, this silly little thing. And even if it is for kids, it's beautifully I mean, done. It is. And, I mean, 
you have a whole industry built around it. Give it some awards, you know. And it sucks that like you gave a comedy award to South Park the movie <laughs> way back when. Exactly. <laughs> back when it was good. Yeah. Well, but um, well, we also had two premieres this week. We had Scream Queens, which was another Ryan uh, Murphy show. It was um, on Fox. Um, you tell me about Scream Queens. I did not watch it, but I know Ryan Murphy's work on a very personal level, so it, I, I think I know where it's probably going to go. Well, it was very ambitious. I mean, very hyped up. Um, the story was these girls are in college. They're trying to um, be, I think it's a sorority. I think mm-hmm. that's what it was. And they're the Scream Queens. They're like Seda, Alpha, something. And their headmistress and everything, they always do, like, these big scare things, and they spook them and everything. And it was just... Is it, like, a hazing type thing? Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. And Does anybody was, actually die? I think two people died, and that's where it sort of started. Because that was, like, near the end of the episode. And it was okay. like, but why? And it was so tongue-in-cheek, so campy, and you knew it was coming. I guess Nick Jonas was in it. I didn't even see him. Nick Jonas died. I do know that. Yep. <laughs> uh, that that yeah. might be why. Yeah, I know Nick Jonas. Di- I mean, like, I knew that someone like Adriana Grande, it, when she was on there, she's going to die immediately because yeah. there's no way they're going to keep her around. Nick Jonas, I mean, he's going on tour. He's not sticking around a film no. TV show. It's weird that, like, this year we've had, like, two kind of high-profile horror shows in terms of, like, Scream on MTV and this, and both of them just kind of are bad. They're not good. And I think that's the issue is that they're trying to turn, you know, horror genre into a tv show because american horror story did so well mm-hmm. but then they're trying to keep it campy because that's what the original series were I, the, the problem i watched the scream show on mtv because it was always on like repeat whenever i got it for work on the summer and i watched it and i was like these people do not understand anything about horror or anything about like how to make you like care about characters because the the basis of that show was that some cyber bullies had been harassing somebody and someone was getting revenge on the cyber bullies yeah you're supposed to empathize with the people being murdered. When you make those characters cyber bullies and people who are just the Terrible most awful people, people you're what? cheering yeah. on Scream. Yeah. I was like, hey, come on, get them, Scream. You know, they, they were driving somebody to commit suicide. Why would I be empathized with them at all? Because you don't want them to die. Because you don't want them to die. I mean, it's it's is that kind of the same motivation? Are these people just awful or are they actually good characters? <laughs> There's n- They don't have a lot of depth. That's what I noticed. It was a bunch of, like, uh, sight gags, jokes. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of plot. It was just sort of... I mean, it obviously is uh, What's-Her-Face. Um, she wasn't in Scream. She's uh, the psycho woman's daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis actually plays a pretty pivotal role. She's sort of like the sorority mom. And it was really interesting to see her acting in it. She was honestly the best part of that show. Yeah, that's good. I mean, like, I I think it's kind of cool that you know bring back Jamie Lee Curtis. To it's do, nice like, to see a, her in something that's not Activia commercials. Yeah, but it's weird because I mean, like, horror could be an interesting genre. I mean, Hannibal you can kind of classify it as horror and make it like actually terrifying. But I think horror is kind of difficult to do because you know week by week the it's kind of your tension's kind of gone. Yeah. I mean. Uh, the one part of the screen TV show that was actually decent was, you know, the faux, like, we're going to be all meta about this. And it was a kid, like, stupidest, I will say, Scream, the TV show on MTV, had the dumbest school system ever. Classes were only about five minutes long. Yep. And the teacher in, like, the history class was talking about the history of of horror movies and how they related to, like, 
American history. And I was just like, what kind of faux deep class is this? <laughs> Where, you know, you can talk about uh, how to kill people, like how horror films inspire people to kill people like in history. And I was just like, this is the dumbest class I've ever seen. You're teaching high school? But in that class, the kid was just like, well, slasher things are only good for about an hour, and then you just want to know who killed people. And I was like, you know, you're trying to be like faux deep, but you kind of just answered your own question about why this isn't going to work yeah. for, you know, 12 episodes or however long Scream was. It's like, Well, it's getting a second season. Yeah, so unless they do like a new killer, I just don't, I don't get why stretch it no. out. Because uh, horror should just be shocking, get out. Like, now, what was your experience with uh, what's his face? The guy that made Scream. Oh, Prince. Ryan Murphy. Because mm-hmm. he's Ryan Murphy has made like he's so weird in that he has made one of my favorite shows with Alan Ball in terms of Six Feet Under. Worked on that great I show. Know he did Six Feet Under. That's he really wrote good. a lot of it and worked with Alan Ball on it. But then after he got his own thing, it was Nip Tuck, which I think is honestly a scarier show than. Oh, definitely. Yeah, than and I mean, like, I didn't like Nip Tuck, but. If you want some body horror stuff, like go watch Nip Tuck. It's it's actually probably scarier, but it's just as bad as anything else Ryan Murphy does. Then you got Glee, which honestly was good for a little bit, and then became so preachy it hurt. Yeah. And every character became Jesus. And Ryan Murphy, he reminds me because something there was something who directed Stonewall. It's something that he said. Well, yeah. We're going to talk about Stonewall yeah, we'll get later. To it later. Yeah, but the director of Stonewall was talking about like. Uh, I'm a white gay man, and, you know, that gives me the right to portray stories how I want to portray them. And honestly, that's Ryan Murphy's, because Ryan Murphy's also a white gay man, and that's how he portrays a lot of stories. It is like, and it's so wrong to do it this way, where it's just like, certain characters who are minorities are, like, evil, but you know what? They're Because they're minorities, they're like the hero, like Blaine mm-hmm. and Kurt on, on Glee. They were awful people you know push people under them were mean-spirited but the fact that they were gay made them angels and they could do no wrong yep. and like ryan murphy does not understand that that's not how you portray people like in a way that makes because like, honestly when my when people i knew watched that show they just be like i hate them so much and it made people hate people who were minorities and like, when ryan murphy included a trans character on glee he did it in a way that made people hate that character so much that they were like calls to get her off the show you know to you know rewrite her character so she wasn't trans and i was and he's just like i'm doing it to like bring awareness and he's like he doesn't realize he's bringing awareness to people who are angry yeah and make like he writes stereotypes and he's awful about that and i guarantee it was there much stereotyping in this scream queens it was i it was stereotyping but it was this intentional stereotyping like you had the uh, smart girl the dumb girl the pretty girl it was lining you up for it was it was satirical in its um well at least there's that i mean if he gets into like sexuality and gender again i can just guarantee he'll get into like oh my god i can't even get into some stuff with glee about the one gym teacher who just because she likes football gets convinced that she needs to become a man oh my god that's that was one of the worst plots you could possibly imagine on a network show and this is a, this is the same time that Heroes Reborn comes out this week. Oh yeah, or actually yesterday came out yesterday. I've heard nothing but good. I've heard good things about it, but I never was into Heroes to begin with. Um, we also had the Muppets premiere, the Muppets. which was just as eh. eh. 
I mean, it wasn't. It didn't deserve all the hate it got. It didn't deserve, you know, the, the million moms. Yeah, it hating didn't. On it. it didn't deserve. Well, and like a senator got behind them, and several priests. I was like, but it, it really wasn't that bad. It, yeah. it was like, it was like an ABC sitcom, and ABC sitcoms are never that, you know, bad. Mm-hmm. Like NBC is probably the lowest of them. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was still lighthearted in what it was doing. It's weird that people don't assume that the Muppets would have a more adult humor. I mean... When they first came out, they had an adult humor. People don't remember that. People don't remember that, and that's what they attach themselves to. I, I read a review of the first uh, episode of the Muppets, and they were talking about how when the Muppets movie came out, the one from 2011 came mm-hmm. out, uh, their father, the person reviewing its father, was so angry at the fact that Fozzie said the word fart. He said Fozzie would never say that. Fozzie would say... Or something like 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 less, you know, offensive than fart, and it's just like really we're holding on to the the fact that Fozzie Bear wouldn't say the word fart, really, you know, and and in this one, I mean, you could talk about how kind of edgy some of the humor is. I mean, isn't Fozzie in an interspecial relationship? I mean, and but so is like every other Muppet. No, but he's in a relationship with a woman. Oh, like a human yeah. woman, and they're trying to like make it into like a race type thing, mm-hmm. and um. I mean, I, you know, Muppets tackle a lot of issues, but I don't think the Muppets should be the place we go to for race relations and no. and things like that. I've already seen some hilarious discourse about the way Kermit treats Miss Piggy mm-hmm. in terms of, like, he's an abusive boyfriend and just, oh, what a wonderful time we live in where we can have that discussion. I know about for a, a fact. About a frog. About a puppet frog. I'm sure Jim Henson is laughing at the idea of someone's arguing about the fact whether or not Kermit is emotionally abusive to Miss Piggy in the Muppets a puppet show for children. Uh, but <laughs> so recommendations of the week. What would you recommend, Jake? Oh, what would I recommend this week? Um, I guess since it's coming off a bunch of award wins, I started rewatching it again. Watch Transparent on um, Amazon Prime. Probably one of the best shows <laughs> to come out of Amazon Prime ever. Um, ever, and really should just be a if you want a good look at how to like structure a story about someone who is, you know, a minority, someone who, I want to say breaks norms, because norms are completely biased already, but a character that you would not see on network television. Yeah. Watch Transparent and see how it's done. Ryan Murphy, you know, this is the anti-Ryan Murphy show. Watch (laughs) someone handle trans issues, issues of gender and sexuality, in a more adult way, and in a funny way, compared to Ryan Murphy, who will just be like, you like football? You're a boy now. <laughs> but I, I get watch transparent and and be ready for lots of lots of nudity. I did not remember how much nudity there was, yep. but lots of nudity. Uh, I'd probably end up recommending. You know, I just went back and I rewatched Fargo season one, so I would I'd probably recommend rewatching that. It's coming back in about two weeks. Yep, that's why I started rewatching it again, getting ready for it. And you know, it's nice because it's getting like that nice and cool fall weather that we were talking oh, yeah. about. So they're actually waiting and they're premiering it when it's nice and fall. Perfect. You you also I will recommend I will also say need to apologize for your recommendation last week of Longmire. Did but you 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 you. Oh, I've talked right, to you since right. then, and Longmire apparently was not that great. Okay, so like the first half is really great, so you can stop after like episode five. Um, yeah, no, it it went totally downhill from there. Uh, I I was too optimistic. I'm sorry, I failed you all. <laughs> this um, is why we always must watch the first season completely, or some a season completely for recommending it. Because fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. 
before because we recommend more Longmires. I didn't even understand how it went so far off the rails. Um, <laughs> like, the sheriff is just so incompetent. And they build him up for, like, three seasons telling you how great he is. But uh, let's uh, switch the... Let's flip the coin, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, go into the movie side. Uh, what you wanted to talk about was the uh, Green Inferno. Yes. And the uh, context mm-hmm. behind that. Um, <laughs> well... If you don't know, Green Inferno, because trailers just started dropping for it last week and it's coming uh, well, out this it's, week. Uh, they've been having trailers on like DVDs and stuff for a long time. Well, on TV. It, it just started coming started. out last week. Um, it's the new Eli Roth movie. If you don't know who Eli Roth is, he made the Hostel movies. He's made. He's produced a ton of horror movies. Yeah. Um, he was really one of the big shock horror guys. That... Yeah. He really brought in the world of Saw and other things in the late torture. Yeah, early and... 2000s. Stuff like that. Torture porn is attached to his name quite a bit. And this movie is getting just as awful reviews as those. Um, But for a more funny reason, I think. Uh, This movie was inspired by uh, an Italian movie called Cannibal Holocaust. Which, if you don't know about it, don't go ahead and seek it out. The only thing you need to know about this movie is that it's famous for its depictions of actual animal death. Lots of chicken beheading. Lots of ritual chicken sacrifices. Lots of actual animals being actually killed on camera for the sake of a movie and there's not a whole lot about that movie that's very good i've seen clips of it and most of the beginning and i mean like even the cinematography is not that great it's shot in the amazon yeah you know that's probably another part that's kind of interesting is you know shot in the amazon but if you want to yeah it's like a i don't want to say snuff film because that's another category completely but it's just like an unpleasant movie and eli roth kind of thrives on unpleasant movies i mean i don't even think i've made it through 20 minutes of hostile and nothing even bad happened in those first 20 minutes i was just like this is just unpleasant but this movie is about a group of american youths who are what eli roth calls social justice warriors yes oh yes and they go to the amazon now they go to the amazon to protest they go to protest the fact that um it's being torn down that there are, you know, tribes out there still. And they want to, you know, save the tribes. And, of course, you know, these people aren't doing it for any good reasons. They're, you know, doing it to promote themselves and, you know, feel good, pat themselves on the back. Um, you know, typical SJW stuff, in air quotes. Um, but they get captured by a, a local tribe and, mm-hmm. you know, are eaten alive because one by the one. tribe's cannibals. Because, of the you know... Every single tribe is, you know... Cannibalistic. Cannibalistic. Um, basically animals yep. is the way anim- uh, Eli Roth is portraying them. And uh, Eli Roth has said that this movie is like anti-chair uh, activism, which is in... Like armchair activism? Armchair activism, which if you don't know what that is, it's the idea of like when you hit share on your aunt's post that says share for one... Share for a prayer. Or when you repost something on Tumblr just because yeah. to show, you know, I support this. Yeah, and then stuff do nothing like that else. is what armchair activism is, which doesn't make any sense in the context of the movie because they went to the Amazon to, to make protest. a change. They went there and they are actually trying to do something. So the claim of armchair activism doesn't make any sense. I mean, that would it's make it's actually sense. activism. It's actually activism and for a good cause. Now, also, the movie kind of highlights the fact that. Most of his movies, if you look back at them, highlight the fact that Americans should just never go anywhere. We should never leave the confines of America because every other country is trying to kill is us. trying to kill you. Hostile, you know, you can't go to Europe. Nope. You'll die. Uh, can't trust Green a single Inf- European. Green Inferno, you can't go. You South know, America. South America, you'll die. Uh, 
uh, cabin fever. You can't go to Canada. You'll die. Yeah. Stuff like that where it's and it's incredibly offensive in a way. I don't want to say racist because it's it's not that level of the way they portray the natives, but it's borderline. It's real close. It's borderline the way they treat them. And again, I'll just describe one scene that I read up on in particular. The main character, the main the the surviving girl, the only one who survives. Uh, her cause in life is to stop female genital mutilation. She protests that and works towards that. That's a noble I, cause. It's a noble cause. I will not say what happens in particular, but oh. let's just say that a kill happens involving that to this poor person. And they, I mean, I, I guess I will spoil it in the fact that they get away, but the fact that he's willing to show female genital mutilation as a part of a kill is That's just... too dis- much. It's too much and it's too real and like... You can go in the, into the context of female genital mutilation in terms of like what it means to people and whatnot. It, it's kind of offensive to use it as like a kill yeah. for something. But just it looks like a just dumb movie and why he's so anti you know, social justice warrior. It it's it just doesn't come across very well thought out. And I don't think people are gonna be very happy with this movie, thankfully. I don't think it's gonna do very well. It might because it I think it was shot in like a shoestring budget, but don't go see it. Like that's my that's my opinion. Like if, if that sounds pleasant to you, uh, I guess go see it, but also go see some help. Yeah. <laughs> if if you want to spend an hour and a half of your life watching, you know, people being eaten alive in graphic detail. The end of the movie, I'll spoil it for you. The one girl who doesn't get her genitals mutilated escapes and tells people that her friends died in a plane crash because she still wants to protect the natives. And yeah, that's not even yeah. That's that's how the movie ends. So there you go. You know how the movie ends now. So don't go see it. That's awful. It is awful. Um, there was another uh, film that we were possibly going to talk about, and that was the Man on a Wire film, um, The Walk. The Walk. Yes. But it's you know spoilers. The guy made it. it yeah. It's a biopic. If you want, you know, that movie, watch the documentary. It's so much better. Cause Man you on get Wire. To see the real person doing it yes and you hear why he did it you hear what he's doing go watch it on netflix it's on netflix it right is now. And it's really good it's a really good crime like they film it in like a crime style about like how he snuck into the world trade center how he you know got through all the security and whatnot really good documentary done by the people who actually did the things that happened yeah. really interesting like photographs like vintage photographs of him like on the wire i mean like it's cool to see joseph gordon levitt in cgi like hang over the Twin Towers, but his French accent is the most mind-boggling thing to me, too. There's a disconnect to me, because I'm like, I know this is CGI. I mean, there's no, like, tension to me. Like, I mean, all the camera tricks in the world, like, you know, filming straight down, look looking, I mean, they do that. The fact that he's walking the Twin Towers, it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I thought it was a little bad in taste to make a, you know, biopic about that, as opposed to just having the documentary. The documentary is honestly a pretty good, um, like, honoring of the Twin Towers. It is. And, like, what they mean. And, and and you know what? They do that in a way by not even showing 9-11. They do it in a way just to show, like, what the Twin Towers meant to people. And it meant to, you know, dream about walking across them to this one person. And, you know, I don't know what it means or how, I guess, tricky it is to CGI the Twin Towers back to life and and not think about, like how respectful that is to just be like, oh, I just rendered the, the Twin Towers again. Boom. Yeah. Done. It reminds me of a, there was a VR game that was going out this week. Of, uh, 
the students created a, a simulation of what it was like to be in the North Tower, like a VR simulation of like you put the headphones on, the, the Oculus Rift on, and you like basically the North one I believe is the one that got hit second. So yeah. you, you're, so on, you're, you you're on you're on the, the build, building. you see the other thing get hit, and it's a VR simulation of this one person's experience, true life experience of what it's like to be in there. But like, there's a disconnect because I know for a fact that like this happened to someone in real life, and it's not a video game. This yeah. is a real-life person's story. But and that being said, it can be used as an educational tool. I mean, if you were to use it in, like, the museum or something. True, but there's game elements to it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, that's a little... it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Okay, that's yeah, in like, bad taste. Yeah. It is in bad taste, and I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say that this movie is in bad taste, because, I mean, like... It's really not... I mean, it's about the guy that walked yeah i mean, it's, I mean it, it's not focusing on the twin towers or anything like that if they capture the spirit of the documentary where they honor like what those because i mean like it's more than just the fact that he walked across the twin towers it's the fact that like no one will ever do that again no one will ever see what he saw and only the twin towers could have made that happen yeah and that's the way the documentary honors it you want a movie that completely dishonors 9-11 and is probably one of the funniest movies i've seen is remember me Starring Robert Pattinson, because the end of that it's a oh, it's a romantic yeah. movie set in, in New York, indeterminate time and place, at least for most of the movie. Yeah, Robert Pattinson like chases his love interest up the twin tower to like tell her he loves her. Finds out she's not there that day, and he looks out the window, and, and the plane's coming. And the plane's coming, and it's just like you expect the trumpet sound from um, Curb Your Enthusiasm to play uh, like and it's just like really that's how you're going to end your romantic comedy like what a bad day to be in the twin towers <laughs> and then you know completely just disgusting you know it's just it's kind of really but what was that other movie about 9-11 um the uh the one where the little boy's dad dies in 9-11. And oh, that was a really good one with uh, Viola Davis. Extremely and, uh, dangerous and incredibly close. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And his dad was Tom Hanks. And wasn't his mom Julia Roberts? Yeah. It, it, I couldn't get past the fact that I thought of it like a Saw movie, like his dad was leaving him all these clues. Oh. And it's just like, why? It reminds me of a This American Life episode where this girl, her mom died when she was two or something along those lines. And um, her mom had written her a birthday card for like 30 years. And she hated getting these birthday cards because it was just a constant reminder every oh. birthday. My mom died, you know, and it's and it just reminded me of like that kid getting a, a thing in the mail like, "Son, you need to investigate 9-11. <laughs> get <laughs> oh, to the bottom. Get of this. to the bottom of what happened to me, son. Get to the bottom of what George Bush did." Oh, yeah, but no, just just watch Man on a Wire. Yeah, it's go a watch great Man documentary. on a Wire. Um, the more. Uh, it's obviously something that you've been very passionate about and I've been um, getting into more and more, especially with the trailer coming out, is uh, Stonewall is actually coming out. Yes. And um, not to very good fanfare, I no, will say. No, terrible reviews. Um, very, I guess, just ignorant casting in, in and general. Hearing the, well, hearing the director, you know, yeah. to try and defend mm. it is... Again, like I said with Ryan Murphy, he's the one who said... I am a white gay man. I am portraying the story as I want to portray it. And if you don't know about Stonewall, Stonewall was like this bar It was in the New first York. big gay movement in... A and there was a, a crackdown in the bar of... It was a gay bar and a, 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 a transgender bar. And there was a crackdown. The police came in and the first, like, 
shot heard around the world. It was a black transgender woman through a glass at a police officer, and it started the Stonewall riots. It was people mm-hmm. s- standing up and saying, we're not going to take being cracked down on anymore. We're not going to take, you know, being pushed down. And she was yeah. the main spokesperson for yeah, it. Yeah, she was the main. And, and black transgender people were the main people who founded it. Um, if you do the research online, um, and people of color were 100% a part of founding the, the Stonewall rights and keeping them going and keeping oh, yeah. the legacy going. But this movie whitewashes it completely by having a white gay character as the main character and you know relegating all these important figures of history to being like in the background and barely a part of the thing that they started in real life. And I mean, there's much to be said about the fact that it's people of color being pushed to the background for a white person yeah. to be the, the star of the movie. Uh, it, it's just like... This is an important event to a lot of people. It really is. And it's an important event that not a lot of people know about in history. You know, it's... it's. Yeah, I, 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 did, I, not I didn't fo- hear I did about not, it until I saw... I knew about period. it, but I did not hear about this in a classroom until last year of college. And, I mean, like, this is an important event in American history. Especially with, need. you know, gay marriage being legalized mm-hmm. and everything. It should be a part of it. It should be mentioned at least. Yeah. And when you erase people the identities of the people who started it you're only doing a disservice to everybody who fought and like put the effort into ch- make a change like that and to stand up i mean like you're it, literally whitewashing you're literally whitewashing history which i mean like a lot of history already is pretty whitewashed i mean black people hispanic people have always been around in american history and doing things that like we should know about but we don't because like you know someone else comes in and kind of like a white person comes in and like i kind of did this before everybody else and, you know, takes over what we know. And, you know, you don't learn about these things until you, you know, go out on your own. And that should not be the case. You know, history should be as unbiased as possible. You know, it should give you both sides. It, it should give you the side, the one side, the, what actually happened. And Stonewall, unfortunately, is not giving you that. It's giving you a... An oh, artist representation uh, of what they think happened. An artist representation of what they think happened. And it's like, okay... That's fine if you were making your own like movie that not based on the context of history and fact, but when you do that, you're uh, it just it's offensive to those people because I mean like they put their lives on the line to to make a change and when you do that you just basically like it didn't really matter because you know I just have a stock character I made up be you know the character now who did everything and you know I don't need you and like. We need those type of people in history. We do. And uh, yeah, when people see a movie like this, it's not going to help because this might be people's only exposure to the history of Stonewall and the Stonewall riots. And it's like, well, I did all I could. I put the story out there, but you put the wrong story out there. It's, and, it's and it, interesting. Yeah. It's really sad to see because it could be a movie used to inform the public and, and get people interested in, in LGBTQ history, which is, I mean, it's a part it's of American history. history. It's a part of American history, but you know, I, I guess people just still aren't ready to hear that stuff, or at least an unbiased version of it. it rem- I, well, and probably the most humiliating thing is that they do have a black trans character, but it's just as like a sidekick role. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... And they're not even a trans actor, which, no. I mean, like, you can get into a whole thing about that, too. But just, if you take care with these things, they mean a lot to a lot of people. And when you just, I'm just going to make a Stonewall movie, you're really hurting a lot of people indirectly and directly by doing a disservice to the people and who actually... And what's worse is you know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would not say... I would say investigate Stonewall for yourself. Don't go see the movie. 
No. No. But um, that's really... I think that really wraps up. Well, we uh, didn't do recommendations. Well, no, it, it, it wraps up most of our story oh, yeah. elements, and now we can end with our movie recommendations. So, Jake, what would you recommend? Um, I'm going to recommend... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because I've been going through Charlie Kaufman's movies and that one sticks out to me as being like a really good... I like his work with Spike Jones, but I really like his work with Michael Gondry and Michael Gondry is such an interesting director. He does such cool things with visuals. The thing that sticks out to me in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is like when Jim Carrey's bathing in a sink that's like huge Mm -hmm. and he's the same... And it makes him look like a child, but I mean like... Just like that thought process. Have you ever seen Michael Gondry's movie, um, I think Dreaming of Sleep or something along those lines where like the hands of the characters are huge and like Be Kind Rewind's a better example. Be Kind Rewind's such an interesting visual movie that like it's not a great movie, but no. it's such an interesting visual movie that I love it to death. But like Internal Sunshine's just well well plotted, well written completely. Like Charlie Coffin's such a great writer. Like everyone should just experience his movies like ne- like he is who's going to be remembered from the 2000s and this decade as being like the storyteller of the time. And like, this is just a good entry point. Like it's a, the rest of his movies are a little more artsy. This is a well, good, like, like that, uh, New York movie, um, Syndic New York. Syndic New York. Yeah. That's definitely a movie that I, I probably would rank in my top 10, but that not a movie that you'd recommend to someone just no. who wants to enjoy a movie. Like that's a th- sit down and think movie. Eternal Sunshine's a movie you can just sit and enjoy and like really, meditate on what it's trying to say and just a really pretty movie and as it's getting colder it's a really good winter movie yeah what about you uh you know what i'm gonna recommend rage rage the Nicolas cage movie um it was actually not terrible it was probably one of Nicolas cage's better movies because i just watched that left behind uh, mm-hmm. monstrosity rage is eh if you want a good like suspenseful thriller that really ends up being probably one of the most hilarious like shock endings of all time because it's the story of like this irish um mafia guy Mm -hmm. so you get to see nicholas cage try and be irish which is that's great (laughs) in itself and then he's trying to figure out you know who shot up his house who killed his daughter (sighs) and obviously it's you know he's retired but he thinks it's someone in the industry is trying to get him so he gets his gang back (laughs) together he gets them all set up and ready to go and they do it all, and he looks at his old partner, and he's like, I know it's you! I'm gonna kill you! Kills him. Comes home, and there's his daughter's boyfriend, sitting there, crying, gun to his head, and he said, we just wanted to have fun. Just got too out of hand. Got too out of hand. So, he literally kills all of his friends, kills all of these people, for literally no good reason. Because he just uh, believed what a bunch of teenagers said. That reminds me a lot of the Mists ending, where it's just oh, like, yeah. I'm going to kill all my friends and family because I don't want them to suffer, and then two minutes later, we saved everybody. Good job, everybody. <laughs> hey, high five. <laughs> but no, it was just like, why would you do all of that? You didn't even, he didn't even ask his friend if he did it. That was the best part. He, just Good like, Lord. I know you did it. I, I don't even like know a, what I did. That sounds like a great movie. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But uh, not for the right reasons, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend a Nicolas Cage movie because it was good, unless it's like one of his earlier ones. Yeah. But um, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, feel free to check us out and all the stuff we have on Byte. We've got a lot of good content coming out. 
Um, and yeah. I'll you see know. you next week. Yeah, stay in the theaters, guys. Bye-bye.